0: So the schedule came out. 60 games starting July 23rd. It's a weird one. So let's talk about it. <laughs> This is the Briggs Baseball Podcast. What's going on everybody? It's Aiden Briggs back with another episode of the Briggs Baseball Podcast. Uh, this episode we are going to be talking about the schedule that came out on Monday. Um, I'm really excited to kind of dive into this because a 60 game schedule is a lot different and each team has a very limited amount of opponents that they will be playing due to travel restrictions and all that stuff. So we're going to take a deep dive into that. I'm going to tell you about some exciting matchups and more stuff with that. Real quick before we dive into the schedule, I want to update you guys on opt-outs and uh, COVID cases, new ones that have developed um, up until probably opening day, uh, just so that you guys have an idea of who's missing practice, who's there, and who's not going to play this year. Uh, because they opted out. Uh, real quick, opt outs. Buster Posey is probably the most na- notable name that's opted out this entire time. Uh, he recently just decided to opt out. Uh, they he and his wife adopted twins. He doesn't want to bring home anything to them. Probably a smart choice on his part. But he will not be playing this season. That's a pretty big uh middle order bat for the Giants that they're missing there. So you know the little chance that they had to make the postseason is probably um even smaller now but uh, Posey will not be participating this year. Big catcher, uh, one of the best in the game. Another one is Michael Kopik, a pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. He's a young pitcher. I think he was probably going to be at the back end of the rotation this year for them. Um, He's a really highly touted prospect for a while. Um, I could be wrong. He could be in the bullpen, but um, he is a pitcher that will not be pitching this year uh, due to the opt-out. So, Um, Kopech will not be pitching, and another pitcher will be Joe Ross from the Washington Nationals. He has opted out of the season. A bullpen arm that pitched really well down the stretch for them in their World Series run last year Um, will not be participating in the 2020 season due to concerns of his health. So those are the opt-outs. A few new COVID cases have come. Eduardo Rodriguez of the Boston Red Sox, he projects to be their opening day starter. He'll have to test negative twice to be back to do that. Another guy that I think projects to be the opening day starter for the Royals is Brad Keller. Um, He has come down with COVID. I don't really have much information on these cases to tell you if they're, like, real serious or not. The only one I had was Freddie Freeman last week, so sorry about that. But um, I can tell you who have them. And Brad Keller, in his case, has it. Ryan O'Hearn, a first baseman for the Royals, um, has come down with the virus. Another Royals player. Jesus Lazardo, another young pitcher for the A's. Really, really highly touted prospect. They're really excited about him this year. He'll be back. He just has to get over this virus. Um, so he's he's going to be missing a few practices. Jorge Mateo recently got traded from the A's to the Padres. And when he got to San Diego, innocent t- testing, he tested positive. A young... Um, Young utility player. He could play infield. I think he can play a little bit outfield too. He's a speedster on the bags. Um, he was probably going to be a great utility piece for the Padres this year. So he's just got to test negative twice. So then he can come back. And a pretty big name here Joey Gallo, power hitting player for the Rangers, has tested positive for COVID. When I saw Joey Gallo tested positive, I was like, I thought that he already tested positive for COVID before they came in like before the season was agreed on. But I, I hope not said he hasn't had two stints with the virus, but. Um, I don't know. Uh, I thought he did, but I I may be mistaken there. So those are the new cases and new opt outs. I still think it's pretty, um, pretty good numbers for major league for MLB, because you're going to see, you know, they're testing every other day. So, Each week, you're going to see some of these guys come in. You know, this is six names that I just read off of new cases. That's not a high number. And I think as long as you don't see a big outbreak across the league or a big outbreak across the team, I know we've seen three from the Royals, and a lot of teams have multiple cases. But, um, you know, it's not like half the team is going to miss this summer training. I think you're in a pretty good spot to continue on with the season. So, you know, the initial numbers were really good, as we talked about last week. They've gone up a little bit, but, you know, they're going down as well because people are going to be able to test negative that were that did have the virus. So I think as long as they're staying stable, you know, six to seven cases a week is what we'll probably see as long as we don't see, you know, a big outbreak, 23 new cases this week and 10 of them are on the Orioles. As long as we don't see that big outbreak, um, I think major leagues is probably going you know, to hope to proceed forward because this is their chance. This is their real chance. Uh, so that's that with COVID and opt-outs. Schedule. The schedule came out. 60-game um, season will begin on July 23rd. I actually think they did some really cool things with the schedule and a very limited like amount of games they could make. Each, each team is only playing 60 games, obviously. 40 games against the divisions. So that would be 10 games against each divisional opponent. In the Yankees' case, we'll take the most popular team. 10 games against the Red Sox, 10 games against the Rays, 10 games against the Orioles, 10 games against the Blue Jays. And then they'll play the opposite division um, in the NL. So AL East will play NL East. AL Central, NL Central, AL West, NL West. Um, That will be how that uh, goes. Um, There will be 20 games total played um, between all five of those teams, and obviously it's it's not even. Uh, Between those four teams, I think six of them are against your interleague opponent, which would be a team that you'd play every year in the opposite division. For the Yankees, that would be the Mets. For the Orioles, that would be the Nationals, a couple of examples there. Um, And then the rest are divvied up um, unevenly among the other four teams in the opposite division. So that's how the schedules kind of work out. You know, that makes for some really – you lose some really interesting matchups – but you gain some really interesting matchups of maybe teams that weren't supposed to play each other now get to, because they're in opposite divisions, um, opposite divisions. uh, So they'll be able to play each other this year. Um, So I think the, one of the things they did really well with this schedule, and I wish they did this every year, but they came out with the 2021 schedule and all 30 teams are opening on the same day again. But, um, July 23rd, there's only two games, and they are two primetime games. I guess it's kind of like the return to sport, and it's really the return to the four major sports because baseball is coming back, and then it's basketball, hockey, and football training camps are starting up. But um, they put Yankees-Nationals at a 7 p.m. game that day on ESPN, and then following that one, it's Giants-Dodgers at 10 p.m. on ESPN. That is such a, like that is such a smart idea by the MLB to be able to have that. You have to have um two top level games on that opening night on national TV. That will get people interesting. You talk about Yankees nationals, Cole Scherzer, two of the best pitchers in the game, dueling there. And you get, you know, the nationals. There's not going to be anyone there, but you're going to get the ceremony, uh, the rings, the trophy will be there, celebration for them. Giants-Dodgers that night. You know, you get to see Mookie Betts in his Dodgers debut. And you talk about, like, super teams. There might be two super teams you can push it to with the Yankees. With Yankees and Dodgers, they're both opening up that night. Perfect. Those are two great matchups for MLB. You get the Betts debut in Dodger Blue. Like, that's such a smart idea. If they could do that every year, even, like, one day before the regular opening day, just put one great matchup on there you know whoever may be the top two teams you're looking at everybody's talking about them an interesting team that made a big addition like the Dodgers uh, the World Series champion can open up that night like they do in football a Thursday night game a Super Bowl the Super Bowl champion opens up to raise their banner or whatever they do in football um that like a, on a Thursday night game before the season that would be just the i think that'd be a great idea for baseball but they're not going to do it like they came up with the 2021 schedule and all 30 teams are opening on the same day. Of course, I guess that could change because they don't know who the World Series winner is going to be, but it would be so cool if they did that. That's a really good idea. You know, think about Commissioner Manfred. It's a good marketing pitch to have this on ESPN to start. I think one thing that he's done a really good job of is market the game. He's put the biggest stars out there. He's gotten kids involved in the game with play ball. Um, He's made different sayings, let the kids play. He's not really followed all those. Um, He's done a lot of different, interesting, not-so-great things for the game. But um, one of the things that he has done great is market. And I think the fan base has grown because of that. So good job, Commissioner Manfred, on doing that because the game has grown. I think the game has grown with him as commissioner. Um, so that's that. That's the opening night. I'm really excited for those matchups. Yankees and Nats. That's, that's going to be awesome matchup. You know, Cole Scherzer too, the top three pitchers in the game. And then, you know, the nightcap with Mookie and Cody Bellinger, you know, that lethal Dodgers lineup, uh, going to be going up against the Giants in a, in a rivalry game. So I think that's a really interesting thing that the MLB did. And I wish that they continued to do that because, It would be so cool to just have a primetime game to open up the season with a real nice matchup. Let's talk about the rest of the opening day games on Friday, July 24th. So the other um, 14 teams, 14 teams, 26 teams will be opening on Friday, July 24th, and there's 15 games that day. So... Um, We got Braves-Mets, the first one. That one's pretty intriguing because, um, you know, DeGrom will be probably pitching in that game. And at least it's an intriguing division all around because you have four teams that are actually really good in that division with the Nationals, Braves, Phillies, and Mets. I think that's a good matchup. That'll be on Fox um, at 4.10 p.m. So that's a good matchup. Uh, Tigers-Reds, maybe the worst team in the league played against a team that meets – the Reds will be a really interesting team that made some offseason additions. So that game has a little bit of intrigue to me because all the offseason additions the Reds made, you'll get to see them in their first game, and probably a win because it's against the Tigers. Uh, Blue Jays-Rays, a nice divisional matchup there. Um, that could be a really solid pitching matchup because, you know, the Rays got all, three aces. Morton, Snell, and Glass, now whoever pitches in that game, will be considered one of the top aces in the league. And then Yunjin Ryu came to the Blue Jays this offseason. Um, so that's an interesting one because I could see a great pitching matchup. That game's in Tampa Bay at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Marlins Phillies in Philadelphia, 7.05 p.m. Eh, I mean, not really much to talk about there. Maybe you get to see hopefully a resurgence of Harper, the start of that. I, I really like Bryce Harper, so that's something I want to see this year. Royals-Indians, again, kind of an a eh. um, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern, that one's in Cleveland. Um, Brewers-Cubs, this one's an interesting one. This one's at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, uh, Brewers-Cubs, That NL Central, too, is like the NL, what? NL East because you have four teams that are really vying for that spot. I don't think these teams are as good as the NL East teams. I think the Braves and Nationals – and Mets are better than like the Cubs, Reds, and Brewers, but um, and Cardinals. But these are two of the teams. It's actually been kind of a rivalry for the last couple of years um, with these two teams. They've been battling for the division title, and then you bring in the Cardinals, and they're winning the division, so these two teams are battling for a wild-card spot. So I think that's a really interesting matchup as well. That one's going to be on Fox at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern in Chicago. Orioles-Red Sox, again, two worst teams in the AL East. Um, I'm excited for that because I'm an Orioles fan, but um, not much intrigue for a casual baseball fan. Rockies-Rangers. The most intriguing match for this is that it is in Arlington, Texas, and it's at Globe Life Field, the opening of Globe Life Field. That one's at 8.05 p.m. Eastern. I actually really like that. Like the outside of Globe Life Field looks really weird, but the inside of it looks Cool. So I think that's kind of a cool stadium. That's the only new stadium in the MLB this year. Uh, So that will be the opening of that. Uh, The next one is Twins White Sox. This one is one that I want to watch. 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. I'll probably be watching the O's, but I can flip between these two games. Um, I think this one is actually really interesting because the White Sox, with all the offseason additions they made, um, that's a team that's like a dangerous team. could be a dangerous team if they click. And the Twins are obviously the odds-on favorite to win the Central again. They've won it the past few years. This is like a really – this would be a series that I would watch throughout the entire year, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, um, like, this is an interesting matchup because everybody's picking the Twins to win the Central. But the White Sox are one of those sneaky teams that a lot of people are picking to make the playoffs still. Um, They could get in. We'll see. So that one's an interesting matchup. That one's in Chicago at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. Pirates-Cardinals. Jack Flaherty will be on the hill. We'll get to see what he can see. We'll get to see what he can do in his return after his um, Cy Young-type year last year. What a second half the year he had. Uh, That one's in St. Louis, Bush Stadium. The Pirates are not an interesting team at all to me. They have a nice stadium, though, but um, it's not at home for them. Uh, 8.15 p.m. Eastern in St. Louis, Pirates-Cardinals. Uh, moving on, we got Mariners-Astros. That one's at 9.10 p.m. Eastern. It is the return of the Astros. Uh, no fans there to boo them. No banging on trash cans. You'll hear it too loud now, and they don't want to do it anymore because they got caught. Um, so I guess that one's got a little bit of intrigue just to see how they open up after all the negative negativity. But, like, Astros games lost a lot of intrigue after... Um fans were are not going to be in the ballparks. One of the things that I think will still happen is there's going to be some hitters that are going to get beamed uh with some baseballs. So um Mariner's Astros. That one is an interesting one just to see maybe um the Mariner. I don't know who the Mariner's ace is, but whoever he is, is he gonna nail Altuve? Um we'll see. I mean we'll see. Uh, D-backs, Padres, that one's in San Diego at 9, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the I, I mean, d made a lot of off-season additions too, though, uh, bringing in Starley Marte, bringing in Madison Bumgarner. So that could be an interesting team, see how they open up. Um, Padres, I think those teams are kind of like the second and third best teams in the NL West, and they could actually battle for a wild card spot. So that could be a pretty intriguing matchup. Uh, Two more, we got Giants-Dodgers back again, 9.40 p.m. We already talked about that one, but, you know, you get to see Betts and Bellinger. And Angels Athletics is your last one. That's in the OCO Coliseum at 9.40 p.m. Eastern, the latest game, the last game of opening day, July 24th. Um, Mike Trout, that's what I'd say about that game, is Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, two of the top, 10 players in baseball um, are going to be making their debut together, and it's going to be against a really good team and the A's. So that one should be an actually kind of an interesting matchup as well. Uh, but now, you know, we've, we've gone through every opening day matchup. Now let's go through the awesome matchups throughout the year. As I said, some of these wouldn't have actually occurred had the schedule um, just about a regular, regular schedule. But now, you know, these matchups are here. We get to see them. There are some awesome ones that I want to talk about. And let's start with probably the most intriguing one of the entire year. Astros-Dodgers. 2017 World Series. We know the story. The cheating. The uh, banging on the garbage cans. The sign-stealing cameras out in center field. What are the Dodgers going to respond to? There's no fans there, so they won't be able to boo. Maybe they will be at some point. Maybe they can trickle in some fans. We'll see. But, um, uh, that was an intri- such an intriguing matchup. Uh, someone's going to get beamed by Kershaw in that matchup from the Astros. I think, like, Dave Roberts, I wonder if he'll be like, all right, we got to save Kershaw. We got to save Bueller, uh, for these guys. And we got to go right at him with our 98 mile per hour fastballs. Um, some I mean Major League Baseball obviously said they're going to strictly prohibit fighting due to you know COVID guidelines that's one of them and just the close contact you don't want that to happen but um like quite an interesting one there still because there's some bad blood between those two teams with the 2017 World Series scandal uh these matchups will be taking place in Houston July 28th and 29th and in LA, September twelfth and thirteenth. So that one's kind of later in the season in LA. So I guess we could see some fans trickle in, hopefully by then, uh, if the public health continues to uh, public health situation continues to get better. Um, but we'll see. It's still an intriguing matchup without fans because we want to see some Astros hitters get hit. Next one, Yankees-Nats. We already talked about this one being the opening series, opening day game. Um, this one is in Washington on July 23rd to 26th. That's a three-game series um, for the Aches in Washington. That's the opening day game. And in New York, they do, not, they do not play in New York. They just play those three games in Washington to open up the season. Uh, I think the most intriguing thing with this is the pitching matchups because you got two staffs, two pitching staffs, that have really, really good pitchers. Really, really good starters. They have three really good top-of-the-rotation arms, and you're going to see that in the first three games of the season if everybody's healthy. Scherzer versus Cole, um, Paxton versus uh, Paxton versus Strasburg, and Corbin versus Tanaka are probably the three matchups that are going to be taking place in um, those three opening day games. But, you know, the hitter, you got some stars in those games too. The Yankees are going to be healthy. They're going to have Aaron Judge on the field. They're going to have Glaber Torres on the field. Giancarlo Stanton against Juan Soto and all the uh, the great hitters for the um, Nationals. So that's kind of an interesting one for sure. Um, The defending World Series champions, the Nationals, how will they defend their title? That will be one of their greatest tests against the Yankees. How about Braves Nationals? This one is a divisional matchup. The Braves won the division last year. The Nationals snuck it as a wildcard team and then went all the way to the World Series. But, you know, these are probably the top two teams in the NL East in a division that's pretty loaded. Um, I would say I would take them over the Phillies Mets. Um, This one's going to take place in Washington August 11th through 12th and September 10th through 12th. So, you know, you got five games in Washington, and then in Atlanta, September 4th to 6th. So that will be six games. I'm sorry. Six games in Washington, and four games four games in Atlanta. Um, so, I am so sorry, guys. Seven games in Washington, and four games, three games in Atlanta. September, August 11th through 13th, and September 10th through 13th in Washington. September 4th through 6th in Atlanta. That's the 10 games. All right, we got it. Um, So, Braves Nationals would be a really intriguing matchup because you get to see there's some good pitching matchups there, but mainly the hitting. You know, hopefully Freddie Freeman gets back healthy by the time this is up because it's later in the season. You know, I talked about him last time, that he has COVID. But Albies, Acuna, Soto, that battle, Acuna, Soto. These will always be intriguing matchups because um, it's just like the top two teams in the NL East going for it. Such a great battle. So excited to see that those matchups, those are going to be ones that I want to tune in for. Uh, Next one, we got Angels Astros. Um, Again, the Astros kind of coming off sign stealing is interesting in this just because it's a division rival. And I think – you know, I guess Astros' Ace would kind of be more of a battle for a division title. But the Angels have really improved. Like, they made, obviously, improvements to their hitting by getting Anthony Rendon and some more players developing. But, you know, also, I think their pitching staff got some underrated improvements. Two real, like, real solid middle-of-the-rotation guys in Tehran, Julio Tehran and Dylan Bundy. So I think this team is a really solid team, too. And, you know, if the A's take off, which I could see them doing, this could be a battle for second place. But I think the main thing is just a rival against um, Astros. And I guess you could throw A's Astros in there too uh, because of that rivalry. But Mike Trout, the best player on the planet playing the Astros. This one will take place in LA July 31st to August 2nd and September 4th to 6th. And August 24th to 27th. So there is a lot of games. Nope, nope, my bad. So in LA July 31st to August 2nd and in and September 4th through 6th. Those are the games in L.A. And in Houston, August 24th to 27th, and September 8th through 10th. So, yeah, interesting games going on there. Um, and I guess that one's kind of like the one on I have on this list that's least intriguing, but it's just because it's the best player on the planet against um, a team that cheated last year. The last one I have on here is Cubs-Reds. Um, this one is quite interesting because it's a team in the Cubs that's even though they haven't won the central the last few years, they've kind of felt like that force that's always going to be in there. And I actually looked through 60 games, they would have won the central last year. So um, you know, Cubs Reds would be a quite an interesting matchup because the Reds, all the offseason additions they made, all the hype is going to them. But can they beat that Cubs team? Can they beat that Cubs team? Can they beat that Cardinals team? Uh, This one's taking place in Wrigley Field, September 8th through 10th. And in Cincinnati, it is taking place July 27th through 30th and August 28th through 30th. So those games um, will be played there. Um, Probably like the top two, you could make a case for the top two teams in the NL Central uh, being played there. So quite an interesting matchup there. So those are five of my favorite matchups that I'm looking forward to. Some more that I could uh see myself sitting down and watching for are Yankees Rays, because those are two teams that are going to battle for the East. I talked about Twins, White Sox earlier. Uh Astros, I mentioned that a few times. So yeah, I think it'll be fun. Dodgers Angels, because you'll get, you know, three of the top four players in baseball in that game. And Trout. Betts, and Bellinger. That's that's a star-studded game right there, and you can see a, a pitcher in Kershaw and Bueller as well, who are some of the top pitchers in the game. Um, I also looked at strength of schedule, and I wrote down the easiest, and I uh, mentioned the easiest strength of schedule are Cincinnati Reds. That could also play into an advantage for them. Strength of schedule for an 162-game schedule does not matter at all. Uh, the good team, as I said, the good teams find a way to win 100 games. The bad teams find a way to lose 100 games. That's just how it is. In a 60 game schedule, straight the schedule matters because you're only playing nine opponents. And if those nine opponents are not as good as the as nine opponents someone else is facing, you're in for probably a better season if you're about an equal team. Um, the hardest is the Mariners because you know the Mariners. That makes sense because you know you got to play the Dodgers a bunch of times. You got to play the A's, Astros a bunch of times, and they're just not a good team. So that's the easiest and hardest straight the schedule. Uh, so I'd like to kind of mention that uh, to you guys as well. So I think we've recapped the schedule enough. Um, it's quite, quite interesting schedule, 60 games. It's nothing that we've ever seen. And especially the limited opponents should be quite interesting because you're going to see guys um, a lot and you're going to know um, what hitters' tendencies are on those teams better. You're going to know what pitchers do on those teams better. Um, it'll be quite an interesting year, to say the least. It's much different than a 162-game regular schedule. Um, Next episode, I am really excited for that because I'm going to try and um, tell you guys an awesome story that I had. Uh, It'll be part one of that story, but um, we're going to progress that story throughout the season this year. Um, It's a -a Make-A-Wish story about me going to the 2016 All-Star Game at San Diego. I'll tell you guys all about that. It's going to be an awesome episode, so I hope you guys will join me for that. Thanks for joining me for this one. Uh, By the way, I set up an Instagram account for my podcast. Uh, It is at breaks underscore baseball underscore podcast. If you will want to follow this podcast, and you should, um, that is probably a good idea to invest in because I will be posting stuff on there. That you guys can chime into. You can give me your opinions. You can ask me stuff to talk about. You can vote on things for me to talk about. There will be so much stuff on there, plus updates from the podcast, as well as if you're on Instagram, don't you can uh, DM me um, to that account at Briggs underscore baseball underscore podcast. Anything that you want me to talk about, questions that you have, and eventually we may do some call-ins. You know, we should we can do some listeners joining in. But you got to be on that Instagram. Instagram will be your – I might set up a Twitter too, but that Instagram will be uh, the golden thing for you guys to really know what's going on in the podcast and really also get some input on it as well. Um, Thanks for listening. Hope you guys can subscribe, follow to this uh, show. Um, We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're going to be on Google Podcasts. We are on everywhere. So subscribe. Listen in as we continue this journey toward the MLB season. Thanks for listening. I'm in a Briggs. I'm out.